favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. There. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author Amy Clipston, who will introduce us to her latest release, Building a Future. Hello, Amy. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited to be back here. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We have had you on the Buggy Talk a few times now, and the Buggy Talk audience is growing, and you are one of the authors that we get to interview that always draws in a good response, and for that, I am very thankful. Your your career is just um, ballooning like crazy. I have enjoyed watching all the books or, or, you know, seeing all the books that you're putting out into the Amish landscape. So I'm really excited to talk to you. And like I said, we're going to talk about Building a Future, your latest Amish release. But before we do that, you know that I love to get a little bit of feedback from the authors that I interview about their writing career. So I've come up with a few questions. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Now we've had you on before and a lot of our listeners probably know that you hold a full-time job down too. And we were just talking about, I don't know how you do it all. You manage it with some good help, which is great. So how about you describe to our listeners what your typical writing day looks like? Well, when I'm on deadline, uh, pretty much uh, my days are spent with my full-time job, which is with the city of Charlotte. So I'll write in the evenings. When I was younger, I was able to stay up until 11 or even midnight and still get up at six to go to work. But I can't do that anymore as I'm getting (laughs) up in age. But I'll probably write in the evenings until about nine o'clock at night. And then I'll write all weekend long. I'll write late into the night on Friday and then all day Saturday and all day Sunday, I just push myself until I get that first draft done. So it's just basically pushing myself to get the work done. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How long do you think it takes you to write a book these days? Uh, Usually it takes about a month. Um, And I'm sure you've had this experience as well, but some books write themselves and others I say are like having my teeth drilled because I feel like I have to push (laughs) my characters through. Um, I actually have a book that's due November 1st and I'm on a break waiting for line edits. So I started writing over the weekend and I can't stop writing. So it's one of those books where I feel like I'm along for the ride, but usually it's about a a month for the first draft. But, but then again, if my weekends aren't free and I have something going on on the weekend, then that cuts into my time. But I, I would say a month to six weeks for a full length. Yeah, that's about what it takes me about about a month or six weeks. And I know, and and we, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do you have like a creative word count? I know that at 1500 words, I lose my creativity and I have to give my brain a break. Do you know, like in a session, how many words you, you write? Not so much words, but when I get to the point where I just can't concentrate or like it's, 10 o'clock at night and I just can't keep my eyes open, then I stop. But it's not really a word count though. That's interesting. I'll have to pay attention to that. 
I know, and I've tested it. You know, I've I've gone from like three thousand words where I'm actually having to push, like you said, push your characters through. And I hate to do that. I like when they write their story themselves. And then I tried two thousand, and that was all right. But I have come to learn that fifteen hundred words is a peak for me. Once I get those 1500 words, if I can take maybe like a half hour or 45 minute break and then go back at it again, I can do another sprint of 1500 words. So that's sort of, you know, I like to keep track of stuff like that, but that was just yeah. interesting minds needed to know, I guess. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what's the most challenging part of writing for you? I would really say that there are two parts. Uh, one is with the full-time job, sometimes it's frustrating. And I'll say to my mom, because when I'm working from home, my mom is always keeping me company because I'm in the office two days a week. I'll say, the day job gets in the way. I just want to write. <laughs> and, you know, so if I'm feeling really, really creative, and of course, I'm so grateful for both jobs. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Sometimes I wish that I could just take a few weeks vacation from the day job and, and write my book. Also, as you and I were discussing before we started the interview, marketing is a lot. And I, I don't think folks who aren't writers realize that that's sort of the other job where, you know, we need to be on social media, we need to have events and, and where it's really fun to connect with readers and it, it's fun to be on social media, but it's also another layer of the job that, you know, we have to make sure we're promoting as well as writing, as well as working on edits. So, and I'm so very grateful for all of the success that I have and I continue to have. I've just found ways to make it all work. And, and we were talking about how I have someone who helps me with marketing and helps me with a social media plan and, and helps me get those posts out there. But it's, it just can be overwhelming sometimes, especially when on deadline. Becoming an author is such a a passion for many of us, but along with that comes marketing and accounting and scheduling and uh, public appearances or public speaking, whatever it is, because it's not just the name behind the story. It's the face behind the story that's almost more important than the story itself sometimes. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. That sums it up very well. It does. So tell us, what is your most interesting writing quirk? I think probably that I, I outline, um, and I know I've talked about this before, but I, I outline my books chapter by chapter, scene by scene. And I did that because when my, uh, um, when I was writing my second book ever, my second Kaufman Amish Bakery book, um, I just came up with the worst case of, of writer's block ever. And I was brand new and I was terrified and I was afraid to tell my editor <laughs> and I didn't want her to know that I was human. And so I, I reached out to my line editor at the time um, and Becky, and she sent me an example of an outline and I used that for every single book. And you're gonna think I'm crazy um, most likely, uh, but most of my outlines are 60 pages. I just looked this up and the one I just finished for the book I'm working on is 126 pages. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It's longer than one of my novellas because my novellas are 20 to 25,000 words and this one's 36. And the reason why is I put whole scenes in there. Like as I'm writing uh, the outline, I could hear dialogue. Um, these characters, this is a contemporary, so they text each other. I have whole texting dialogues, whole letters or emails that they send each other. So, and I, and I know that um, some writers are not 
a plotters, um, they're pantsers, meaning that right. they write the seat of their pants. Um, Jen Toronto, who's one of my really good friends, she told me that you know she'll be writing and then she'll run out of ideas and she'll go vacuum and then she'll come up with her idea for her next scene. So, um, so I, I think that's my little quirk is that I'm do a, a whole lot of work on the front end, but a lot of times that makes the draft uh, go more smoothly because I can just copy and paste and just add to it. <laughs> I can imagine then, you know, you've already got the whole book already laid out for you. You just have to flesh it out. So I think right. most of it, now I have to ask, is this the, the month to six weeks? Does that include that outline or is that before you start fleshing out the book? Um, that's before because some sometimes the outline will take me a few weeks. I've had outlines even take longer than that if I was really struggling with the story. So when I start the draft, it's usually about four to six weeks. Wow. So. That's amazing. I, th this is probably the most interesting part of the interviews when I interview um, all of you for the Buggy Talk podcast. I absolutely love hearing how all of our writing careers are so much different. You know, we all have the same principle. We all still have to put words on a paper and get to the word count and tell an intriguing story that's going to pull our readers in. But how we get there is so much it's so different every time, every time it's so different. So I think that's what makes our story so unique, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, um, Amy. And now we get to talk about building a future. But before we do that, I like to read the back matter just to set the stage for the book. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And then we can, and then I'll let you talk about the book itself. Okay, great. All right, this is Amy Clipston's Building a Future. They both had different plans for their future until their hearts led them to each other. Michelle Lance dreams of marrying and starting a family. And now that she's been dating Corey for over a year, she thought it was only a matter of time before he proposed. But lately, Corey has seemed distant and is far from the attentive boyfriend she once knew. They've spent so much time together that she feels she can't give up on the relationship. But she begins to question her own feelings as his seem too cool. Tyler Boatrider is focused on expanding his father's roofing company so he can take over one day. He throws himself into his work and thinks he's too busy to worry about finding a wife. He and his brother Corey find themselves continually arguing. Tyler doesn't approve of how Corey treats Michelle and Corey thinks Tyler is out to take everything that's his. When Tyler happens to be around when Michelle needs a listening ear, he started to realize that he has feelings for Michelle. He denies them because his relationship with his brother is too important. But when there's an accident and lives are at stake, true feelings come to surface. Is it possible for Michelle and Tyler to put aside their feelings for the sake of their relationship with Corey? Or will they find a new foundation on which to build their future? I love that storyline, Amy. I, you come up with such intriguing storylines every time I interview you. So good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So if you had to describe your main characters in three words, what would those three words be? And you can pick Tyler or Corey or Michelle or all three of them or just two of them. What would those three words be to describe those characters? Michelle would be sweet, outgoing, and creative. Corey would be headstrong, determined, 
and I think unhappy. Tyler would be uh, hardworking, loyal, and determined, I think. That's perfect. So tell us, where is the story set? And did you do any research for the area that the story is set in? Well, my books seem to all be set in uh, Bird in Hand, which is in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I have a dear friend who lives there, an Amish friend who lives in Gordonville. So I just... I just fell in love with the area the first time I went to visit. So I, I have set all of my books there. I, I talked to my Amish friend and get her thoughts on my stories. And um, I actually haven't been up there in a few years because of COVID. However, I am going in September. I'm going to be at the um, Escape to Lancaster Amish Fiction event in September. Are you going to that? I am. I am. We will finally meet each other in person. You know, we we only live a few hours apart from one another, but done our our getting to know one another through the buggy talk. So I'm, I'm anxious to actually sit down and spend some time with you. Absolutely. Great, great. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait till the event. I can't wait to see you and the other authors. And I'm also really excited to see my friend because it has been a few years. Oh, I bet. So tell us, what do you hope your readers take away from this book? I always hope that my books will um, inspire readers to have a deeper relationship with God. And I think the theme always seems to wind up in my books that God has a plan for all of us, even when we feel as if our life is going off the rails and things aren't going the way we think they're supposed to go, that God has an even better plan for us. And and I think that comes from what I've been through with my husband's two kidney transplants and his chronic illness, that when we're in the, the throes of the really tough times, that God is always there and always has a plan. And we need to always remember to look to him and lean on him during those times. Absolutely. You know, I strongly believe that God puts us through those trials in life so that we draw closer to him. We didn't have challenges in our life. We'd have no desire to be closer to the Lord, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's absolutely true. It is. All right. So I love it when our authors can read to us either your first page or a pivotal scene. Will you do that for us? Absolutely. To set up the scene, um, this is a scene where um, Tyler is at a church service and um, Michelle is uh, a member of their um, their congregation. They've grown up together. And it's a scene where Tyler realizes just how deep and complicated his feelings are. So um, he's sitting in church next to his best friend, Jonah. So I will read now. Perfect. Turning his attention to the other side of the barn, Tyler's eyes found Charity and Michelle sitting in the second row with the other unmarried women. He took in Charity's pretty face as she whispered something to Michelle. Then when Michelle's eyes met his, he felt the air rush from his lungs and the truth hit him. He was drawn to Michelle as if an invisible magnet pulled him toward her against his will. It wasn't a choice. It was a fact, a fact that he could no longer deny. And that was why he had to do his best to stay away from her in order to save his relationship with his brother and also his relationship with Charity. Tyler, Jonah said, leaning toward him, do you have feelings for Michelle? She's a really good friend, but I would never betray my brother that way. Besides, I'm seeing Charity and we're still getting to know each other. 
Jonah gave him a knowing look, but before Tyler responded, the song leader started the first line of the hymn and then the rest of the congregation joined in the singing. Tyler turned his attention to the service and tried to erase all thoughts of Michelle from his mind. But deep down, he knew that she had somehow already carved out a piece of his heart. Thank you for doing that. And um, I will make sure I put a link to Building a Future in the show notes so that our listeners can pick up that story. So tell us what's next for Amy Clipston. Well, right now um, I'm working on waiting for line edits on book three in the series, which is Breaking New Ground. And that is Corey's story. And that will come out in May of next year. However, I have two contemporary romances coming out before then. Really excited on October 11th, so honored and excited to be included in a novella collection called On the Way to Christmas. And my story is a splendid, a very splendid Christmas. And it is a spinoff of my first contemporary, The Heart of Splendid Lake. So if some readers have wanted to go back to Splendid Lake, so I'm really excited that this little Christmas novella is coming out in October and it will transport readers back to uh, Splendid Lake. And then on January 3rd, my third contemporary romance, Something Old, Something New is coming out. And that is my most favorite contemporary romance that I've written so far. So I'm super excited for readers to read that one. In case readers that are listening today haven't checked out my contemporary romance, I just wanna say that you can expect it to be along the lines of an Amish book, that it is a sweet romance. And I always say that I would never write anything I would be embarrassed for my mother to read. So they don't need to be um, afraid to pick up one of my contemporary romances because they are sweet stories. Oh, well, thank you so much. And they can find all of that on your website, right? Yes, amyclifson.com. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. So tell us, is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? I would just like to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for... Um, always uh, giving my books a chance. I know that there are a lot of authors out there and a lot of books out there. And um, I'm just so grateful for the readers who um, will give my books a chance and pick them up. And I love hearing from readers. Please reach out to me. Uh, you can email me through my website, find me on Facebook, Instagram. I have gotten brave and I'm, I have even dipped my toe in TikTok find me on social media and feel free to send me a note and say hello. So as always, I love to do a fun speed round where it really has nothing to do with anything about writing, but it helps our listeners get a little feel for what makes Amy Clipston tick. So are you ready for my crazy question? I think so. <laughs> All right, here we go. Would you rather put on a pair of roller skates or try your hand at a skateboard? Oh, wow. Um, I would say roller skates because I had um, skated in the past and I've never been a skateboarder. So roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to tell you a story. Uh, the last time I had a pair of roller skates on, I ended up smashing my head into a pillar and ended up in the hospital with amnesia for three days. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I will never put on another pair of roller skates. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, next question. How old were you when you first fell in love? Oh, gosh, fourth grade, and he broke my heart. 
I even still remember his name, but I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> yeah. He broke my heart, fourth grade. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. The last piece of candy you put in your mouth. Oh, it was M&M's. Two weeks ago, I was in Portland, Oregon, visiting um, one of my dear friends and we went to dinner at her parents' house and they had some finger foods out, uh, I guess kind of appetizers, and I was eating M&Ms by the handful. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> well, good you don't have them in the house, right? Good no, you don't have oh them God, in the house. No. Oh, I, I know. Oh, I, I can't. My husband has a, a candy jar um, filled with those little miniature Snickers right now. And well, I it takes all my willpower not to walk past there and put one of those in my mouth. Oh, me too. It'd be handfuls. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amy. I want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk. And we will get so we will get you back on the Buggy Talk in May. After that, um, all of you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of Building a Future, you can look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. To end this episode, if you want more information on my latest release, which is Rebecca's Amish Heart Restored, or any of the stories I weave around my fictitious town of Willow Springs, I invite you to visit tracysamishbooks.com. That's Tracy with a Y at tracysamishbooks.com.